0: Stacy and Devin the internet tells us that we're a health and wellness podcast but you won't find any
1: professional advice here <laughs> that's right we are just here to share our journey so that hopefully our failures make you feel better about yours uh Devin is there a category for just relatable podcasts uh, I don't know probably
0: let's be that <laughs> sounds good boop, 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 boop. all right uh how are you oh
1: wait hello <laughs>
0: you can start with how are you you don't have to say hello
1: <laughs> how are you space <laughs> i'm good i'm good how are you uh i'm doing good i'm doing good my uh middleist turned nine yesterday so oh wow yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like what nine? nine yeah nine that does not seem possible um are they a fourth grade isn't 10? yeah this fifth grade right wow yep, yep. fourth grade oh my just gosh like, just I remember I remember that age really clearly and so it's like weird for them to be getting to a point where I can like remember how like how I thought about that you know like I had started to develop a brain that was like like the proto brain to what I have now so yeah. like it wasn't like looking back and being like oh that random person I used to be it's like oh, this is the tiny me that ended up becoming the bigger me. And this was like <laughs> the little kernels that were yeah, know, at, in play at the time, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, and uh, well, gosh, what else happened this week? We, well, it was Father's Day. And then... Cass had a sleepover. That was the big... I was like, something big happened. What was it? Um, yes. Cass had a sleepover and invited six of their friends from school. Oh. And they all came to the house and at night. <laughs> and that was a lot. And the house is still standing? <laughs> the house is still standing, but oh my okay. lord. Okay. It actually wasn't too bad, but it was just very funny. I... I recognize that I tend to overthink things and, like, mm-hmm. want to make sure that everybody's um, feeling good, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, and it was kind of an awkward situation because there's, like, this little clique that Kess is a part of and, you know, everybody who was in that clique was there and then there were, like, two people who only come in the summer to the school but they're people who kess really cares about and is good friends with and so we invited them and so there were just so many situations where like the oh. clique was playing together and like the two people were you know feeling yeah. kinda isolated and so i you know did my best but also it's hard to manage stuff like that especially at that age because you know yeah what do you do I tried right. to get them all interested in escape room, but the escape room was so complicated I couldn't figure out how to do it. Uh, so was, was it was a game <laughs> or like yeah? A video it was one game? of those exit the games. Oh um, yes, okay. it was the because you've done you've done a lot of these, right? Yes, almost so all of it's them. It's the Forbidden Forest one.
0: Oh, that one was actually I think I thought would be good for kids because yeah. it's uh, kind of fairy fairy-tales. like, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but it so, was just okay. like, we got to the first clue and we were just like, well, <laughs> it's okay. like none of us could figure it out. Oh and, no. And okay. the, of course the kids didn't try very hard. They were like yeah. with it already. Um, yeah. but I was like, well, I can't figure this out in like two seconds. So we're just going to put this away and maybe Thomas and I one day <laughs> will do this, uh, yeah. as a, you know, date night, Yeah, date night activity. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, that didn't turn out very well. So, I was just like, all right, go back outside and play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> go amuse yourselves.
1: Yeah. Then I just tried to watch the ones that felt like they kept getting ostracized. Aww. Um, But they seemed to have. I mean, overall, it seemed to be a good time. And, um, you know, and Kess yeah. enjoyed it. Even though at the very end, she was, like, very over it. Uh, noon the next day. Very okay. tired. Hadn't slept very much. and uh, Yeah. You know, a couple of the kids were leaving and their parents and their families had come in. And we were all kind of like just chatting and doing the thing that you do when parents are like, you know, like, hey, blah, 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 blah. Let's just chat about random stuff. Um, and Kes was like so done because the house was still full of people. Um, oh, and yeah. they were just like, all right, <laughs> I, I need everybody to leave this house now. <laughs> Sorry. You oh. ain't got to go home, but you got to leave here. Yeah, exactly. They were like, yeah. uh, okay, you guys, your parents are here. Now, everyone, please leave my house. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man. Yep, yep. And I was like, "Guess you got to work on <laughs> a little bit of, like, finesse or yeah. politeness. like this. I don't know. Yeah, a little tact. Tact would be nice. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. It's a... Uh, it's a lot, and one of the friends now apparently is trying to convert Kess to Christianity, and it's awkward, what? so I don't know. <laughs> Weird? <laughs> it's like, I guess she came to the house and saw what heathens we were and was like, oh, uh-huh. yeah, uh, maybe you need some Jesus in your life. I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I was just like, look, this is not, you're you're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um anyway but so that's how my week has gone how has your week <laughs> gone <laughs> well um much less
0: uh, hectic i suppose but um i did find out magically that my hair curls instead i of- saw a picture of that that's amazing e- Yes, so I just went to a stylist because I had been wanting to, so my hair is naturally wavy uh-huh. and I wanted to kind of learn how to manage that better because right. um, when I try to do it, when I try to let it air dry, it was kind of get a little frizzy and stuff like that. And the curls didn't always, or not the curls, the waves didn't always kind of form. And so I was like, let me just go. I need to get my hair trimmed, you know, just like it's been a while. So I need to get my hair trimmed and need, and so I asked for guidance. And she was like, yeah, sure. This is the first time I'd been to this lady. And um, so she was like, yeah, sure. Let me just play around. I'll put some cream in it. And then we'll use the diffuser uh, to see what happens. You know, since obviously we can't just let it air dry while you're sitting here. And I was like, okay. Right, right, right. So she has me lean back in the chair and she uses the diffuser. And then she has me sit up. And I have ringlets. Yes. Like, what? Like, where did they come from? It was so pretty. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So I'm super excited because I ended up, um, so I bought some different kind. I bought the cream that she used and then I bought two others to try as well, uh-huh. but, uh, and I bought a diffuser, which I haven't used a diffuser yet, but, um, the next day I used the cream with no diffuser, so just let it air dry on my way to work, and again, my hair like curled up again, and so oh, that's I was so like, cool. oh, what the crap, where has this been all my life? I don't <laughs> know. Um. So I'm I've just I'm excited to keep playing with it. This I did straighten Yay. it um the last two days and I also got a little bit of bangs also. She cut me a little nice, bit just nice. a little yeah, a little longer bangs, but um so that's been fun. So that just dealing with that has been uh, fun to play with. And then I went to the dentist on Wednesday and it was just a normal kind of checkup thing. Yeah. But the last time I was there, we had talked about so on the front of my teeth, I have four on the top, and I think six on the bottom. But mm-hmm. they have a uh, bond. I think it's called bonding on them. And basically, when I was little, when the teeth came in, um, I think they did. They either some of them weren't shaped all the way correctly, or some of them had like brown lines across them. Apparently, if you um, it could be because I moved when my teeth were forming, and the different waters based in different areas can oh, wow. cause your teeth. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So there's, yeah. There's a couple different things. There's the water if you move. There is, if you are if you get a really high fever, a certain level of fever can cause your teeth development to have issues. And then huh. the third one was if you're like kind of sick and you take a lot of antibiotics, I think, or something like that. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I did move when I was three or four.
1: Okay. Um,
0: So, around that time. And um, so, uh, I have this bonding on several of my teeth. Well, bonding technically usually lasts a maximum of like 10 years because, um, you know, it's just just not a very durable product. But also, um, it stains because if you drink tea or coffee... Then it stains way worse. So, like, okay, if if a person with normal teeth drinks tea, their teeth gets a little more yellow. Then they can use whitener, and it's no big deal, right? But you can't whiten bonding on teeth. Okay. Um. So I I didn't. I never even thought about this until I guess about two years ago. One of my front teeth had chipped, but it wasn't the tooth that chipped. It was the bonding that chipped. So. The dentist at the time was like, oh, yeah, we should probably redo your bonding. It seemed, it looks like it's been on too long. And I was like, yeah, it's been on, I would say, a minimum of 25 years. Oh, my minimum. gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no one told me it needed to be replaced. Right, right. Um, So I was like, oh, okay, so what are the options? And she was like, well, we can replace the bonding and do a new bonding, or we can look into veneers. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, you know, whatever. But then I moved because that was the dentist in Illinois. Right, So, right. So this <clears throat> dentist – Um, so I started asking the same questions and he was like, yeah, your teeth, your bonding actually looks pretty good for being on there for so long. And I was like, oh, thanks. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) the, um, so he, again, he was told me the same thing. He was like, we could do bonding again, but, but it'll stain easily and you'll have to get it replaced in, well, supposed to 10 years. Right, Right. Um, or we can look at veneers, which will never stain, but of course they're more expensive. Right. So I was like, oh, okay. So this, I don't know. I don't know what to pick. But if I decide to get the veneers, then I have to straighten my teeth. Oh, um, boy. Yes. Yeah. And so we're, I have another appointment, I think, next week um, to kind of go over that. Because they, they're not going to do braces. They would do the Invisalign. Yeah, yeah. Like retainer things. So I'm going to go. They're going to. They took a impression of my teeth so they'll you know they sent it off and kind of see what the options are and all that kind of stuff so we'll see what they come back with but I'm kind of like I've had my teeth like this for so long like it would be so weird to have straight white teeth now (laughs) like that's weird (laughs) I know that's something that normal people do but it's kind of like if it ain't broke don't fix it and my teeth have been fine you know yeah yeah so I'm kind of nervous about it
1: no, I I hear you because like my teeth are a little crooked. They're not like super bad, but there's like they're not they're not straight. You know, Nothing yeah. About me is straight, so that's no big surprise. <laughs> but um, <Cha-ching. laughs> uh, but but they obviously are not like you know model esque. You know, whatever yeah. perfect teeth that people have. Um, but I always was like, well, they're not causing me any problems. Like eating or talking or like right whatever so like why would i spend so much money on getting my teeth straightened you know like just right. for cosmetic purposes that seems over i mean part of us is just like grew up poor so we didn't have that option but right. also like whenever i got older i was just like I, no like right <laughs> And for my own kids, like, in, the doctors always do. And I swear, I think that part of what they they make these suggestions to make money. I don't know. This is me. Yeah. This is me getting on my conspiracy <laughs> soapbox here. Uh-huh. Appalachian anti-medicine yep. <laughs> conspiracy yep. soapbox. Yep. Um, but I just, I can't shake the feeling that the dentist does, like, make these suggestions for some of these kids just because they want, you know, to, like make money in this industry like that's part of what they do kind of like yeah doctors pushing pharmaceuticals like yeah the orthodontist because that's like where the money is yeah um i I don't know so i like if it for my own kids my thought was always like if it was a situation where something was causing them problems like headaches or Mm -hmm. um they were having trouble eating or uh, they were having trouble talking. Then that would be something that I would look at. But otherwise, I if they want to spend that kind of money when they become adults to get their teeth straightened, they are welcome to. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, <I> mean, <laughs> like cosmetically, I just don't feel like it's that important. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Well, and I don't think now that you know that could be different, obviously, but. Uh, They did explain some non-cosmetic, cosmetic, cosmetic, because if it's just cosmetic, then I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But for the straightening of the teeth, they were showing me about how... So I do in the front where my four teeth are kind of crowded and one of them is, is pushed back behind the others. And they were talking about that that would kind of just keep pushing the tooth back and that it would long term could end up like it back towards my tongue. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Because teeth are constantly moving and shifting. No,
1: and I don't so, want to think about that. No, don't tell me that. I don't know. I know. That. That <laughs> yeah, oh, it's... A, no, it I don't gets want worse. to hear. It. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it into this conversation now. Okay, I do sorry. not want to know about my teeth moving in my mouth. Okay, I have so sorry. many nightmares about all my teeth falling out. I think- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Well, then I guess. No, we'll, it's okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, my, my hygienist did tell me. She was like, I know. Teeth are creepy. And
1: I was like, wait, you're a hygienist. What? Teeth are creepy. Maybe yeah. Maybe she's into creepy things. She's yeah, maybe. She a goth in high school. Like, maybe. I don't know.
0: But. Uh, because what we were talking about at that time uh, was that if teeth don't hit something, like if there's not another tooth below your, uh, like if a top tooth, if there's not a tooth on the bottom, your teeth will keep growing. Okay. So it will, it isn't, we think of our teeth as just like a, a, a static thing. We're like, oh, that's just my tooth. But your tooth, like when you're eating and stuff, like you're kind of actually grinding them down and they continue to grow. So What? They kind of replenish, I guess. So, beaver teeth?
1: Yes. (laughs) um, Oh my god! I know. And so that's I guess makes sense. I mean, yeah, because as much as you use them, they would they would eventually disappear. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that's why I had to have because I only had three wisdom teeth, but my um, I had two on the top and only one on the bottom, and they made me pull my the one that was on the top with that one on the bottom because they said that it would just keep growing down whoa yes and i'm like oh my gosh that is weird so so there are different ways like when they did the image of my mouth there was places where like um like that tooth being pushed back or um there's some other teeth where if the teeth don't line up right they're putting pressure on a different part of the tooth than what it's supposed to you know, what it's made to kind of hit. And Uh so that could potentially long-term lead to chipping or cracking of the tooth because if it's not hitting right where it's supposed to. Right. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But, but you're gambling, right? So you're going off of these things that they say, oh, well, this could happen, but it could also not happen.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have to I have to do the bonding regardless, because that's true. That is right. something that is chipping off and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I have to do that regardless. But the question is, do I do the, just replace the bonding or do I get veneers? I don't know.
1: I'm nervous. I, I, I don't know. It's a big decision. I am not going to judge you, whatever you decide. Just for the record. Like, <laughs> well, thank I, you. I get, like, why people want would want, why you'd want to take those, take those um, precautions against yeah. anything majorly bad happening in your mouth. Yeah. I could also completely understand why people, other people, <laughs> would want to like have you know different cosmetic things done. Yeah. To yeah.
0: you know the so the I veneers would too. definitely be cosmetic if I yeah. go that route. You know. Yeah.
1: Um, so either way, I I respect and understand your decision. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. 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 Um, uh,
0: so well. that'll be an adventure we can uh, we can talk about later on. However, okay. it goes.
1: Yep. Uh, as long as we don't have to t- keep talking about how teeth move, then. I know!
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh,
1: um, what are you drinking, Stacey?
0: Oh, yes. Um, I am very... Hey, or, <laughs> 18 minutes in and just not talking about what we're drinking. <laughs> um, I'm very excited. So, I don't know if I mentioned this uh, last week or not, but um, w- I used to drink uh, a non-alcoholic gin called Monday Gin. Okay. And they actually make a whiskey and a mezcal as well. So Ooh. I got a, yeah, I got a, a sample or not a sample pack, but I guess a combo pack that had the, all three. And so um, we made, when we got it on Monday, we made old fashions out of the whiskey. Okay. And um, it didn't taste the same as a normal old fashioned because this whiskey, quote unquote, is a little sweeter than like a traditional whiskey Uh uh-huh um but it was still good and it still satisfied that cocktail craving right um and so tonight i am drinking there was these um this was this drink called hella bitters um that i got a long time ago and uh yeah it's like a. it's basically like almost like an aperitif, I think, Ooh. where it's a soda water with bitters mixed in and that's it. So soda and bitters. Okay. And uh, so I mixed that in here because on the Monday website, somebody was like, oh, my favorite drink is this uh, whiskey and this hella bitters drink. And I'm like, okay. So yeah. that's what I'm drinking. It's really good. And it's 10 calories. Wow. Yes. And not alcoholic. And not alcoholic. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So I can drink these and not feel uh, bad about it in any shape, form, or fashion. You can drink them like candy. <laughs> yes, yes, I can. Nice.
1: Mhm. Okay.
0: So uh, I haven't tried the mezcal yet, but that'll be next on my list.
1: Okay. So, yes. How to uh, review two bd Yes, yes.
0: That's probably what I'll be drinking next week because I've got a margarita fresh margarita mix um huh. that so i'll mix the mezcal and the fresh margarita mix and i'm nice. so it's, it's gonna
1: be delicious awesome yeah. i love it I love yeah
0: it. so what are
1: you drinking well i am drinking i'm gonna send you a the picture of this um something that i got from trader joe's Ooh. It, it is a beer <laughs> and, i like the name yeah that's why i got it yeah <laughs> I, I did one of those um you know, like build your own six pack, but it's called emergency drinking beer.
0: <laughs> I like it,
1: so I I just had to. And it looks like I don't know, like one of those. It kind of has a look like a military yeah. thing, you know, like Ration. rations. Yeah. yeah. And so on the other side, it has like spec number. It has like a whatever the lot number is, and it says contents yeah. beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So that's that's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's very simple, but I like it. Yeah.
0: Oh, when you said contents, uh, that made me think. So this um, whiskey has, uh, or non-alcoholic whiskey, has zero calories. And so I'm like, what in the heck is it? But the description is... um, Maturing in white oak lends butterscotch, raisin, and burnt brown sugar to the nose. The palate is layered elegantly with roasted coffee, rich caramel, and warm molasses. Finishes long with spicy heat and a hint of orange inspired by the classic American spirit. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I guess it's just water and they like put them in these barrels and and you know all that kind of stuff but then when they take them out obviously it's still just water so right y- yeah
1: i don't know it's a miracle <laughs> water turns into wine <laughs> whiskey
0: water turns into whiskey now water turns into whiskey well yep. you
1: know we have to we have to get this yes awesome ah uh, well I guess ready, are ready to move on, we're ready to get started. <laughs> yes, <with laughs> get our on topic. our actual topic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm running the show today, so we'll see how, how well this goes. Yes, I know nothing other than the mm. title, so I am here to learn. That is fine. Um, so I'm trying to remember where this came up or how I, f- how I found this book now. Oh, I remember. I follow a, um, a bookstore in Knoxville called The Bottom,
0: and
1: it is um, a black bookstore. It's very um, like engaged in the community. It's very like reaching out to all these different diverse elements of Knoxville and trying to empower people who normally are not empowered. Mm -hmm. and so i started following them i I think i saw them at knox pride last year like they had a booth or something and i was like this is cool i didn't know this (laughs) you know this place existed and um so i've been following them on instagram and this book came up as like a must read um and there was actually like a whole workshop around it but i Mm -hmm. was like i don't know if you know i should yeah go To the workshop because, yeah. it's like <laughs> as I explain admit. this a little bit more, um, okay, it's also like, is it really for me? type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the book is called Rest is Resistance A Manifesto, mm-hmm. and it's by a lady named Trisha Hersey. And she is, hold on, let me take a drink. Oh. Okay, important priority. She I like it. is <laughs> mm-hmm. a um, self acclaimed. Uh, nap minister
0: <laughs> so okay
1: she is she is a very religious um person but not in a um you know judgmental holier than thou okay uh, yeah kind of way like she is very spiritual she's very religious her bet her uh her faith is christianity but um she's very diverse very inclusive very believing in like being progressive and, and you yeah. know, accepting and loving everyone. And um, that's always good to see because that's not always the case. Yeah. Um, but she calls herself the Nap Minister, and she has founded this thing called the Nap Ministry, which apparently from a podcast I listened to was sort of like, um, it was sort of like a tongue-in-cheek, or it was kind of like at first when she was playing with the idea, it was almost like, a an artistic um way of like expressing something important but like not it wasn't like she actually thought of herself as a minister at the time okay like the idea was that she was putting on these performance places in this in this artistic way to make a statement about how why what rest is important and Mm -hmm. to give um to literally create a place where people could go and rest and mm-hmm. so what she does with the nap ministry is she'll have these, I forget what they're called, but they're, like, nap meetings, basically, mm-hmm. um, where they'll run out, a, you know, a big area, and she'll make little, you know, like, cots, basically, you know, like, uh, yeah. blankets and cushions and whatever. Um, and everyone will gather, and then she just, like, invites people to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there might be, like, some reading of, like, poetry or... Uh, you know, um, great writers or or ancestors or whatever that to kind of like give you a place to or, or something to think about, you know, mm-hmm. or to like mm-hmm. contemplate while you're resting and sleeping. But then it's just like playing music and just letting everybody nap. <laughs> okay. Um and so but apparently, I mean, I've never experienced this, but from you know, like testimonials of people who have gone to these things. It is apparently a very moving experience um, Hmm. for people to be able to go into a place and be told, like, you just need to rest and to sleep and then to, you know, dream and, um, and to be sharing that with a lot of other people who have, you know, similar backgrounds. So, yeah, that's kind of like what led up to this book. So she's been doing that since I want to say 2016. It's been uh, several years Mm -hmm. and she came to it because she had a very like harrowing, crazy experience going through academia, like getting her degree and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, She, you know, she was a mom, she had uh, a partner, a spouse, a husband, Um, but it was just still so much. I mean, you remember being in college, like there is so much that's, that's demanded out of you. And she was also Mm -hmm. trying to work on top of that. And the exhaustion of just trying to take care of a kid and go to school and, um, you know, and work and do all of these things caught up with her. And she basically like had a religious experience where, um, you know, she felt called to just, like, drop everything and rest and just say, I, I refuse to be part of the system anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. this is ridiculous what we're doing, and I'm just, I, I'm not going to buy into it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where this whole thing germinated. So, like, after that, she started to create these spaces, and then she started to write this book. Um, so... <laughs> that's kind okay. of like the background okay <laughs> backdrop yeah um let me see i have some notes and then i gave up writing notes and then i just tagged places in the book okay uh, <laughs> but like notes that's too organized <laughs> yeah well you know and then i like wrote notes yeah. to my notes and then i wrote some arrows on the side um got i'll get through it that'll be fine <laughs> okay okay um so just as, like, a basic summary about what the book is about. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, Trisha Hersey's point is that we're in this fast-paced, demanding world, and a way to fight against the system, like, the best way to fight against a system that's like that is to just rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talks a lot about, she she tries to put this whole thing in the framework of, like a much broader historical framework Mm -hmm. Um, she is speaking very specifically in many places in this book to people of color in um, the country and a lot of it is because whenever she's talking about the importance of resting and Mm -hmm. she's showing kind of like how our culture has evolved to be where it is Mm -hmm. um, she points out that the root of so much of this is in slavery where people were like asked to work these ridiculous hours, you know, Mm -hmm. before the sun, you know, came up to after the sun went down for no pay, you know, Mm -hmm. and in these horrible conditions where these people weren't even treated as people. Right. Um, and there is, In her view of course she's got a very she's a very spiritual like you know kind of like out there woo woo kind of person so there's a lot of that in here um and her way of looking at it is that there is a there is a trauma there's like a generational trauma that you carry through that and a cultural trauma that the entire that our entire society has dealt with because that was such a violent system mm-hmm. that built our economy basically mm-hmm. and built these ways of thinking about, um, you know, people and labor and bodies and like you're, you know, you think about the grind culture, which she talks about a lot in this idea that if you just work hard enough, you can make anything happen. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you've got to work, you know. 70-80 hours a week in order to be a valid person. Uh, mm-hmm. and these are things that we've talked about on this on this yeah. podcast before. But, yeah. you know, she points out that so much of that is kind of rooted in this this hist- this really black history of violence, you know. Mm-hmm. And um and so it's really interesting to look at it from that perspective and I I guess I hadn't Like, I understood that, obviously, that was the way our culture was, and I didn't like it, and I understood, obviously, that slavery was bad, uh, and I didn't like it, but I don't think I had really made the connection between the two until I read this book, and I was like, oh, (laughs) yeah, that makes sense, Um, and so her idea is, hey, if you understand that, then why don't we just resist this horrible Mm -hmm. system and, and try to dream up something else that will work? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the overall point of the book. Um, she works on challenging the prevailing notion of like productivity and hus- hustle culture, grind culture. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and she advocates that rest is this tool that you can use not just for personal liberation, but also for collective liberation. And she okay. kind of gets into like how you can do that throughout the book. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so she really thinks that rest is this way to kind of challenge these oppressive systems and, and, work to promote a world where people are healed because their bodies are no longer suffering and equity because people have the same, um, access to rest as everyone else yeah. and justice because you're finally kind of evening out the scales, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, so that's kind of like in a nutshell what the what the book is about. OK, um, so some of the things that she talks about very specifically are uh, like specific tenets that mm-hmm. she puts out there as sort of like guiding principles to look at as you're moving forward through through this book. And she says that rest is a form of resistance because it disrupts and pushes back against capitalism and white supremacy. Mm -hmm. Um, And she says that one of the things that you can do to kind of like work against that is to like tell yourself, I am enough now because Mm -hmm. the culture is telling you that you're not. And that's why you're always feeling um, pushed to do more because you're like trying to prove yourself to, you know. To yourself to the world like you know i have to be a valid person and the way that i'm a valid person is that i am producing all of these things (laughs) yeah um and she's like just stop (laughs) because you're enough as you are yeah um and the second tenet is that our bodies are a site of liberation which is another thing i really liked about this book because as we've talked about before i mean that's that's my word for the for my year is embodiment i tend to like live (laughs) somewhere on the other side of the street from my body at all times i'm like hey body you're over there that's cute (laughs) yeah Um, and so she's really asking people to embody this resting (laughs) concept like you're not just gonna talk about it you're not gonna give lip service to it Mm -hmm. uh you're actually gonna like put your phone away and go to bed right (laughs) yeah uh, you're going to go take a nap. You're going to go daydream. Mm-hmm. And it's talk more about some of the other stuff that involves rest. But I was just like, oh, man. Yeah, okay. Of all people, I should probably pay attention. To this. I guess, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, she talks, her third tenet is that uh, naps provide a portal to imagine, event, and heal. So she talks a lot about... Um, the importance of of napping of Mm -hmm. being able to take a break she she tells a beautiful story about how her grandmother who um i think she was a nurse but she worked really long hours and Mm -hmm. um her grandmother would always make time in the evenings to rest her eyes quote unquote um yeah and she said that that was like this beautiful time that her grandmother was like saying okay this time is for me. This is the time that I'm going to use to heal myself, to allow myself time to, you know, dream, to like work on this this inner part of me and nobody's going to interrupt me. Like, yeah. I'm not going to get up and get anybody any food. <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I am Good. I'm resting right now. I like it. Yeah. So I was like, that's that's really cool. Um, yeah. And then the fourth tenet, she talks about dream space a lot and the idea mm-hmm. of she really has this this concept of like dreaming being a, a more concrete place it's not just like neurons in your brain it's like you're tapping into like a collective unconsciousness or a shared space where all of these creative things happen mm-hmm. um and she feels like that space because people aren't allowed to rest or dream uh really has been stolen and she says that we want it back and we will reclaim it by resting Um, and so that's the fourth tenet of what she's trying to do. Okay. And then she divides the rest of the book up into like calls to action. And Mm -hmm. there's four major ones, rest, dream, resist, and imagine. Um, and whenever she first puts them out there, they're all capitalized and they have explanation points. So (laughs) (laughs) it gives you an idea of how passionate she is about this. Yes. Um, and then she kind of goes into into all of these things, and I won't, like, go into a whole lot of detail. Well, maybe I will. We got a little bit of time um, yeah. about each one. For resting, she talks about, like, imagining what it would feel like if you were consistently rested, not mm-hmm. just you rested up and... Now you feel good, you know, like on the weekend or you had one good night's sleep and everything's fine. Like, what would it feel like if you if you never felt exhausted? Like you were just consistently feeling very full and healthy from a sleep perspective. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what that would feel like. Um, (laughs) No, ever (laughs) for you. Right. Um, And she talks about also dismantling the cult of busyness um which I think is important too because of this idea that we're always supposed to be doing something or we're always supposed to be moving and it's really funny because I started reading this at the end like a few months ago is when I read it and it was at the end of the semester and I was like trying to put some of this some of these practices into play um Mm -hmm. in my daily life and of course I'm around all these kids And so there would be these times when we'd just be like sitting around and they'd be like, you know, I'm bored. What are we going to do? You know, what Mm -hmm. can we? And I'm just like, you don't always have to be doing something like just just sit here. Just sit here and be bored for a minute. Like, it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sit with it. Yeah. And uh, so that was kind of funny because I was like trying to (laughs) help these kids understand how to resist the system. Right. You don't have to be busy. Did it work? no no (laughs) No. Uh, yeah (laughs) i mean maybe it will over time yeah um which is one of the things she talks about too and i don't remember which part of the book she talks about this but um almost all of the books that you get like this um that that read almost like self-help or more like we're going to give you a specific set of instructions of things to do you know yeah um there's not that there's a timeline associated with it, but there's like a treadmill associated with it. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to do step one and then you're going to move on to step two and then you're going to move on to step three. And then like, you know, eventually like there's this idea of like climbing a ladder or, you know, getting specific rewards along the way or, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, there's a structure to it. And hers is just like, you know what, this is going to take a really long time and you're going to just have to to be okay with that like it's okay to go slow like the whole point of this book is it's okay to go slow yeah yeah don't expect to be able to like feel well rested all the time as soon as you start this work like it's Mm -hmm. gonna take a long time and she even says you know part of the goal of this is to like obviously thwart the overall system and she's yeah. like, we're not going to do that, maybe even in our lifetime. But the idea is that if, if we start thinking about it and allowing ourselves space to imagine and dream and sleep and create and like so that we're not just always distracted by all of the shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like if we give ourselves space to do these things, like eventually we will come up with a solution that will work. So yeah. but in order to dream that up, we got to make the space to dream it up. And so right. I really liked that because it's like throughout that, throughout the book, I was always sort of waiting like, okay, so tell me how I do this. <laughs> right. Yeah. How, how do I make, how do I rest all the time uh, and still do all the things that I need to do? <laughs> Trisha, I need to yeah. know the, the magic, you know, the magic, yeah. whatever. And she doesn't do it like that. Like the whole point is you need to feel in your heart that rest is important <laughs> for mm-hmm. you and for the world. <laughs> and Yeah then you just work on it. Like anything else, you, you, you change your, your mindset and mm-hmm. then you start to like very slowly work through it and then eventually you'll get to the point where you're making it more of a priority in your life, um, but it's not gonna happen overnight and like you shouldn't expect that. Um, so I liked, I liked that. <laughs> Like, yeah thank you for going along at a devon pace uh, yes yes <laughs> yes because i don't want to go any faster than i am <laughs> um, um yeah go ahead so, have yeah, oh. i'm like talking a whole lot so if you have a question just no like, that's okay or a comment just hop in yeah there. okay because
0: uh well what i'm hearing here is like basically we just need to move to france i think is what i'm hearing <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> say, i don't i don't you probably didn't want did you watch emily
1: in paris or whatever No, I did not. so
0: um well it's, people are very divided about it but okay. um people either think it's the worst show ever or, uh, people think it's fun not that it's some great artistic masterpiece don't get right, me wrong right, right, right but it's one or the other and basically like a lot of the show is the french people telling emily who's from america uh you know like she shows up to work at like 7 a.m and they're like what are you doing we do not work before 9 a.m <laughs> and then like they go to lunch or something and she tries to ask him a question about work and they're like what are you doing we are on lunch break there is no working on lunch you know whatever right 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 um and so yeah so just like and then um a side topic i was talking to somebody that used to work in the netherlands as like a project Mm -hmm. and he said that like the company pays for you to you basically get like an extra it was like an extra week or two of vacation time, like they pay you to for an extra week of vacation. So it's normal Mm -hmm. for people to take a month off for vacation. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of like that kind of work, which is obviously working way better than what's happening over here in America. Like that's kind of what I'm hearing here, which I I realize you're on a much bigger scale, but it's just like that, you know, like yeah, just kind of get to it. Nothing we're not unless you're a brain surgeon, it's not
1: like People freak out about things like,
0: I got to do this right now. And that's not the
1: case. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I would say, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about the economic history of, you know, France or Germany or Europe, right? Yeah. Because um, I just, but I know that our specific culture, you know, there were so, there were so many slaves and there was so much Mm -hmm. economy based on plantation and farming and, you know, raising these crops and and, um, taking advantage of nations. And, like, there's so much violence in our history, and our history, that violence is not very long ago. Like, you know, it's not like going back to the Crusades or something. It's like, you know, if you look back on this stuff and you're like, oh, that was like... Not even two hundred years ago, (laughs) right? Yeah, Um, it's a it's kind of um, yeah. I mean, I think about the fact that she was, you know, thinking back to her own ancestors who were um, freed slaves, right? And she was Mm -hmm. going back and and had done that research and was researching what their lives had been like. Mm -hmm. And I think back to the fact that my, you know, great great-grandfather very likely owned slaves Mm -hmm. um and my great-grandparents for sure employed um you know people of color who were um you know probably just finding whatever job they could in alabama um post-civil war (laughs) yeah Um, probably not for much money and you know probably not treated that great either Mm -hmm. and that was part of what led to this culture too you know so it's like Mm -hmm. i in my own and that's the point like one of the things that she says that i was going to mention is like this is not just for black people it's this doing this is important for everyone because Mm -hmm. we have the shared history we may have been on different sides of what happened but we're all traumatized by it yeah yeah you know there was because it was violence and it was terrible and it was you know a very traumatic thing and like Mm -hmm. the way to move forward is to like recognize how that's informed all of these Mm -hmm. systems and and then like work on dismantling them yeah um which is easier said than done which is why we need to take time to rest and think about it (laughs)
0: yes yeah uh, this is appropriate conversation coming just off of Juneteenth. That um, is true. That past. is very yep. true. Look and uh, yeah, and that so was coincidence. Timely. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I, I actually led a, we call them real talk dialogues, but it's just basically um, meetings that we have on, you know, difficult conversation type topics. And right. I actually ended up, it was um, just happenstance that I... Got asked to lead it. It was a sorry is a talk on the movie Hidden Figures.
1: Okay, um, yeah,
0: yeah, which is about three black ladies who have a job at NASA and they're coming through a time when um, they had they had desegregated. But uh, they were in Virginia, so Virginia was still segregated. So it hadn't, everybody hadn't desegregated yet. Right, exactly. And, you know, it was just the way they're treated in the workplace and all that kind of stuff. And they actually end up being pivotal pivotal, p- pivotal to the um, mission. But... Um, normally human resources leads these kinds of things, but they had a conflict, unavoidable conflict. And so they were just like, Oh my gosh, Stacy, you know, could you please help us out with this? And at first, I mean, I didn't mind to lead the conversation, but at first I was, um, I was just doing it kind of as a favor, you know, and I was like, yeah, sure. Happy to help. No big deal. Right. But, and I had seen the movie, but it had been a long time. But as I, uh, continued to prep for the meeting, Um, I started thinking about my niece, because my niece is a mixed race. And, um, and so and she's going to be a senior next year. Yeah. And so just thinking about watching that movie Hidden Figures and how those women are treated. And then thinking about my niece trying to join the workforce after next year. Right. And it just really made me want to be an advocate on the subject. And so I ended up going back to HR and being like, thank you so much for letting me lead this topic because it's very important to me and all that kind of stuff. But um, bringing this back around to kind of what you were just saying is that um, one of the really um, meaningful moments in the movie is when, um, well, this is spoilers, but, uh, you know, it was released (laughs) in 2016. So it's kind of (laughs) past the point of spoilers. Yeah. Um, The white supervisor lady uh, was sees the um, black supervisor lady in the bathroom. And she actually wasn't a supervisor yet, but she had been trying to become a supervisor, and the and the white supervisor lady wasn't really helping her. And um, they kind of have a talk. and they are only in the bathroom because of a situation that happened earlier in the movie, which is one of my favorite scenes where um, the boss, the boss at NASA didn't realize that there were segregated bathrooms. And one of the ladies was having to run a half a mile across campus to even use the bathroom and then try to run back and finish her work.
1: Oh, Um, my gosh.
0: Yeah. And when he finds out about it, he marches over and knocks down the sign and is like, there are no more segregated bathrooms." you know, whatever. So he takes a stand. But so these two see each other in the bathroom, which one is like, oh, like is weird at the moment for them. Um, but as the black lady's leaving, the white lady says, you know, I hope you know that I have nothing against you. And the black lady turns around and she says, I know that you probably believe that.
1: Right. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's just huge because I, yeah, the white lady probably did think that she was like, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, I have nothing against her. I'm not doing anything wrong. But she wasn't advocating or helping this lady that deserved rights. all the same rights that she did. Um, and, you know, so I think that kind of speaks to kind of what you're talking about here with just the people being on the two sides of the history and needing to work together to make it better. And how do we get there? And there's just probably so much more that we don't think about right? Uh, that we could be doing. And, um, you know, so just kind of taking this moment, this rest period
1: to think like how can we improve this all together exactly exactly no that's that is absolutely correct and that's one of the things that like as you know well it's the same way in queer spaces too right like as a Mm -hmm. straight ally you know your job is to kind of like help be a voice for people who are disenfranchised and it's the same for white people right like that's yeah this is our privilege and this is why we should be able to like speak on behalf of people who may not be heard in, in the right. spaces that we speak. Yeah. Um And so, yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you did that. That is super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I, awesome.
0: I, I was very proud to do it and yeah. was very happy with the way
1: it turned out. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's it good. And stuff like that good. helps to build awareness overall, you know? To, yes. And that's, what the world needs more of. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um there was a quote from the book that I wanted to find and it was like cuz it really was a huge I don't know, it just punched me in a good way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the quote is, "I know that if I never check another item off my to-do list, I am still worthy and loved by God and my ancestors." And I was like, can I just get that tattooed on me? (laughs) You do. You need to. I just need this tattooed on me. Yeah. I, uh, that resonated with me so much. Um, And of course I understand that this is, uh, this is a mindset from somebody who is, who has had a history that is a lot more difficult than mine. Um, Yeah. But there is still obviously so much that any one of us can learn by, Mm -hmm. by looking at this and, and working on trying to overthrow this culture that we have. Because that's the other thing too, is like, I have just assumed, you know, like, Oh, well, obviously I have, I don't know why I feel these things about why I'm, if I'm not productive or I'm not a good (laughs) insert blank here, mom, worker. Coworker, worker you know, like, somehow that makes me a, less of a person. Um, right. And the fact that so much of that is wrapped up in our culture uh, is another thing mm-hmm. that I had never really stopped to think about. <laughs> like, oh, maybe we all feel the same way because we all live in the same culture that gives us yeah. the same information. <laughs> like, yeah. I see. And just uh, because everyone else thinks some way doesn't mean it's the right way. Exactly. Exactly. So... Um, what am I going to do differently (laughs) from after reading this? I am trying to like not fill all of my time up, (laughs) um, which is hard for me. And then when I do have moments when I'm just like, you know, chilling, like it's okay. And I'm, and I have been very good about taking naps. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I am an expert nap taker. I've become a very expert nap taker. Um, yes. I've, I have started to feel like it's okay for me to ask, like, my partner to step in and look yeah. after the kids so that I can take a nap.
0: And, yeah. And um,
1: the only thing I need to work on is that, like, I have a really hard time when I go to sleep for mm-hmm. a nap, then I'm, like, gone for a few hours. And, uh, yeah. Um. You know, I can't, I can't nap, <laughs> like actually. at some point I need to be able to like come back. <laughs> right. Yes. It's not time to go to sleep yet. You know? Yeah. At that point it's not a nap. Wanna... It's
0: just going to bed at 3 PM. <laughs> right. Exactly.
1: So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do need to maybe tweak that slightly. Um, yeah. but it has definitely, I think made me feel a lot more relaxed and a lot more in tune with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the universe, uh, and it is really funny the first time the first night that I went to sleep was it taking a nap or was it I don't remember if I was just taking a nap or if I was just like going to sleep and had in my mind like the stuff that Trisha Hersey was writing about and like keeping mm-hmm. that forefront and that's how I fell asleep because I was thinking through it but mm-hmm. like I literally had like an experience where I And I can't remember the details. I wrote about it in my journal somewhere, but like I woke up and I like interacted with my ancestors in my dream. Like I was like literally having (laughs) like doing ancestor work, which she talks about, like doing that in the in the dream space. And I woke up and I was like, Oh my god (laughs) I'm doing it. (laughs) I'm having the dream space moment. (laughs) Yes, yes. So that was pretty cool too. This is it. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. It's a very easy read. It's very repetitive, um, would be my only criticism of it. But I think that it's good for it to be repetitive because of the messages that it's take, giving you. Yes. Um, but, you know, there are times I'm just like, you said that like a million times. But it's also <laughs> written more, less like your typical self-help book and more like... um. A sermon (laughs) in a way oh yeah Uh, and not like in a you have to do this but just like in a let me tell you about the spiritual you know like there's poetry and then there's like anecdote and then there's um you know repetitive message and then there's more poetry and another anecdote and yeah you know so that's kind of like how how it's written um Mm -hmm. so it's uh it the style is very different from books i usually read Okay. And yeah. that just took a little bit of adjusting to, but it's very easy to read and it's um and it felt very nourishing when I read it. Mm-hmm. So um That's so good. I do recommend. And there is also something called the rest deck. So it's like a um like a tarot deck, but not like a tarot deck. It does it, I guess you would call it like an oracle deck if you're mm-hmm. talking about it in terms of uh divination types of things, but it's different in that it doesn't tell you like about the future or anything it just has mm-hmm. different like you pull a card and it has different rest messages for you hold on okay. I'll grab i'll grab it it's right over here okay ah. there we go i rolled over to the other side of my <laughs> desk um but like you would you know shuffle it or just you know just pull something at random Mm-hmm. And the card, let me see, I'll pull this one. It says, Rest is my foundation to build, invent, restore, and imagine the world I want to see. And that's like in pretty font on one side with like pretty flowers and stuff around it. And then you flip it over and then it gives you more information. <laughs> okay. You were enough before capitalism lied, you were enough before white supremacy lied. Both violent systems have uprooted the self-esteem and self-worth of all exposed to them. As we uncover the lives we've been told about who we are, we must turn to rest. Rest is our foundation. You want a world rooted in justice? Rest more. So every okay. single card is like a, is like a, some version of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would be so interested funny. to hear her talk to a, one of the people that say. Um, Oh shoot. Uh, there's basically the opposite argument of. Um, how, how is it phrased? Something is complacency. Like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's. it's um, oh shoot. I don't remember, but the message is basically like, if you're not fighting for something, then you're being complacent and letting them win. So I'd
1: be interested to hear her debate somebody on that end, on that side. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I feel like so much of what she says in the book is is kind of arguing that point. It's like, this is why just, you know, resting is actually really important and helps you do these things and fight against these things. And Mm -hmm. I mean, to an extent it's true right because if you're if you're being a cog in the machine and then you slow down or you stop working like that's going to throw them like if enough people do that like yeah. eventually the machine is going to like stop working <laughs> yeah yeah and then you have to build something else you know um so there is something i there is i feel a, a good truth to that but it is kind of different a different approach than like you know let's protest and fight and you know yeah stuff like that
0: because i think it would be also easy for somebody to just quote unquote rest all the time and then right. never never lead change for anything that's true um, so yeah. i'm not saying you know because they do say like um in order to strategize you need white space like you can't be and I know I'm speaking to it in a in a business sense, but you can't be right. like in meeting after meeting after meeting because you need time to actually think right, strategies exactly. and things like that. So I definitely see how you need to step back and rest and have time to actually think about what it should mm-hmm. be. But
1: um you know. Then there's the point of doing
0: Yeah, yeah. You still yeah. have to do something at some point.
1: Yeah. That's true. And I think the part of it is just, like, we don't know what that is yet, you know? Right, And so yeah. there's not a doing part because we're still trying to figure out what that would look like. Yeah, um, yeah. That makes so, sense. So, yeah. But I do. One of the things that she does say in her book is, like, because so much of what you read about with rest and, um, you know, self-care and stuff is, like, recharge so that you can be more productive you know right yeah yeah. and she's just like that is (laughs) not the point (laughs) no (laughs) no this is not no do not rest so that you can be more productive in this yeah um (laughs) no (laughs) no uh so i liked that too um yeah i will link to a uh life kit interview that she did on npr because it, I think it's really cool to hear her speak. I listened to okay. a podcast. I can't remember if it, if it was this or if it was something else um, with her kind of talking through her book and um, concepts in it. And I was just, I just really, like, I enjoyed her writing, but I think I almost enjoy her talking more just because mm-hmm. she sounds okay. like such a real person. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's funny. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I just, I enjoyed uh, she's much more like, you know, whenever you're writing about stuff that's spiritual, if you don't know the person, you mm-hmm. can you can almost be suspicious of that. Like, you know, OK, so how far up in the clouds are you? Da, 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 da. But then yeah. you, if you hear someone talk, then you're like, OK, no, you've got your feet on the ground. OK, OK. Yeah. It's like you're not like trying to heal people's wounds with crystals and stuff like <laughs> yes yeah you you know what's up <laughs> yeah know, i'm not worried <laughs> <laughs> good so yeah so i'll put that in show notes but anyway that's the book that's uh all right the sounds book in the interesting deck. yeah um and that's all i have and my okay. emergency drink okay. beer drinking yes beer yeah 17. your emergency drink yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i guess i should go to sleep now <laughs> 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 yes, you need to go nap. Right, right.
0: Uh, anyway. All right. Well, I think that about does it
1: then. That just about does it for today. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing about the book. You are welcome. And I love you, Stacy. I love you too. And I will talk to you next week. Okay, sounds good. All right.
0: Okay. Bye. Bye.
1: Where's my mouse? Where's my mouse? A Hoots Media
0: production.